So if you've been following me or listening to the podcast, or if you've read the book, my book, uh, you will know that mindset plays such a huge role in our daily behaviors and decisions. And specifically, what gets repeated to us over and over in sort of our formative years becomes our lens for our reality or a lens for our truth. And Today, I'm really excited to start to dive into not just our reality, but how we're role modeling the reality for the next generation of nonprofit workers and professionals. Because what we say to them over and over and over again becomes their reality. And when you think of that responsibility, it's a big one. I'm your host, Cindy Wagman, and you're listening to the Small Nonprofit Podcast, where we bring you practical, down-to-earth advice on how to get more done for your small organization. You're going to change the world. We're just here to help. So today's guest is Jarrett Ransom, and uh, Jarrett is known as the nonprofit nerd, uh, which I love. She's also the co-host of the nonprofit show, uh, which if you haven't checked out, you absolutely need to. They have a huge library of episodes and continue to produce more. Highly recommend. And of course, a personal note about Jarrett is she loves visiting national parks with her son. Uh, Jarrett, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Cindy. It is fantastic to be here. Love any of these conversations. When you and I first connected, as we even said today before we got started, we have a lot in common and I just love your energy, your vibe. It just feels really comfortable in a really good, like welcome home kind of a way. And I just love that you're out doing such great work in the world. And I'm honored to, to be beside you as we do this. Well, thank you. And likewise, I would say all the same things. And I'm so excited for this conversation because I do feel like both of us are at a point in our careers where we've done a lot of the work. We've been on the like, you know, front lines of fundraising and stuff, and we're both consulting now. And we're thinking a lot about our legacy to the sector. And that sounds a little bit like heavy, but what does the next chapter for us look like? What are we doing? What are we actively doing to create the sector of the future that we love and, and want to, what changes do we want to make? And that's sort of, I mean, we could truly talk about anything, but I think that's been on both of our minds. That is a deep subject. And as you just went through that chills from head to toe in my body, literally my whole, you know, life has been about to be of service. My license plate reads be of service. Every time I say that my son who is 11, he's like, mom, you're not supposed to tell people what's on your license plate. I'm like, well, it's hard not to, because it literally says be of service. Um, So to be of service is truly my religion. It's my love language. It's just who I am and what I do. I also, you know, would be hugely remiss if I didn't honor all of the people that had the same mindset, Cindy, that helped me get to where I am today. Mm -hmm. I had phenomenal mentors, right? Uh, Professionally, personally, some that were formal mentors, some that were extremely informal, you know, I've gone through the Association of Fundraising Professionals and like all of these different 
organizations to support me as I grow in my career. But you're right. I'm looking at this next chapter, one, as a parent, right? Mm -hmm. What am I doing modeling to my own child? And then what am I doing and modeling to the future leaders, which I firmly believe everyone is a leader, right? Like everyone has that ability uh, just innately from birth. Um, And so what are we doing to support the next leaders of, of the community, of the sector in particular, the nonprofit sector? So this has been weighing on me and I'm thrilled to nerd out with you about this. <laughs> I love it. And I think, you know, we're, we're at similar stages of life. I also, with my uh, kids, have been thinking a lot about what are the messages I'm repeating to them. And you told me a story about your travel and, and how you're, you know, what literally what's coming out of your mouth and how we can shape their experiences through that. Are you, do you want to share uh, that? I would love to share. Yes. Thank you. Well, I remember growing up as, you know, a child, obviously that my parents and I will say, I'm very grateful, very blessed. I had a beautiful, wonderful, happy childhood. However, these money conversations, right. They're seeded and planted at such a young developmental age So I was literally just in Cabo San Lucas with my son, who's 11. And I have to stop myself from saying, you know, when he wants to order something or buy something, it's like, do not say the words, that's too expensive. Mm -hmm. Because once he hears that word, I'm planting that value for him. And in particular, this tends to come up when we're at a restaurant, right? And so how dare I tell him what a very basic human need is too much for what he's he's personally worth, right? So do I say it on occasion? Absolutely. I'm human. I'm not perfect. <laughs> but do <laughs> I do I become more more aware? Yes. And so, you know, really for me, and I was, I was telling a girlfriend about this, if I'm not willing to pay for anything on the menu, we need to go to a fast food restaurant. Like I just need to make that option not available. Yeah. (laughs) And I love that example because that scarcity of like, you know, trying to calculate all of these, these decisions and things that are going to be you know, lovely. You're on holiday. You've saved for this. You're, you know, this Uh is the time when you're not supposed to be calculating all those things. I mean, that is the experience of nonprofits, especially small ones where every, you work so, so hard yet at every decision, especially financial decision, it is the scarcity of like, I can't afford it. Uh, and what that really means is our work isn't worth it. Right. Yeah. And our work isn't worth it. Or, you know, what will this mean in six months? And I, I get it. You know, every every decision, there's, there's consequences. And so you want to do right by your donors. You want to steward your dollars properly. I get it. But this scarcity mindset absolutely is 
something I think, Cindy, stops us in our tracks, right? It doesn't allow us to think bigger. We tend to shop, if you will, and I'm using the like air quotes for those of you that are listening with our bank account, not our donors. And so we do we do a disservice, right? And I think that's that's something you know that that we should definitely think about. I love having prosperity consciousness conversations, right? So it's like, are you conscious when it comes to your prosperity mindset? And it is a mindset, you know, and too often in the nonprofit sector, we also say, you know, well, we can't invest in ourselves, whether that's personal development, professional development. I provide executive coaching and I work with clients across the nation. And I hear that all the time is, I don't know if I can afford this or I don't think that my agency would be willing to invest in this, which means what? Like they're not willing to invest in their staff. So there's such a deep conversation. It's it's so I hear it too all the time, you know, and again, very often it's placing a value or a lack of value on ourselves or on our work. And going back to that legacy piece, how are we teaching the people around us, the the next generation of nonprofit professionals, that that is the status quo and that we lack that value? You know, I think about that all the time. I can't necessarily say every day, but a lot, right? And so it's like, well, what have I done today or this week to make a dent in that? For me, investing in my community is really important. We have here in the States, YNPN, Young Nonprofit Professional Network, where we have so many amazing leaders. You know, I I also joke, Cindy, I'm of this age, like somewhere in the 40s. (laughs) But when I went to undergrad, it wasn't an option to manage or to to, um, secure a degree in nonprofit management. Mm-hmm. Literally yeah. was not an option. Yeah. So there are now leaders coming up that have mindfully, intentionally selected these degrees and invested in their career early in education. I didn't have that opportunity, right? But yeah. now it exists. So it's more so that we have to do, you know, even more for our legacy. I talked about my mentors along my career tra- trajectory. It is my responsibility to do the same, right? Mm. It's in camping, you know, I'm a huge camper, kind of goes along with the whole national park is leave it better than you got there. So what are we doing, you know, to leave the place, the space, the sector in a better way than it was when we entered? Mm. And that's what I want, you know, all of us, myself included, all of our listeners, what have you done today to leave the sector better than it was when you got here? And I love that it can be as easy as some self-talk, right? Like going back to the work that you do around, like when you're traveling with your family, like what are, and as a coach, like what are some things that instead of saying we can't afford that, what are some different ways that we can reframe that and from a more abundance perspective? Oh, good question. Uh, there, there's a lot of ways, right? And many of them are subtle that mm-hmm. don't cost a penny. And I mean this, and I, I have invested in myself. I've done a lot of professional and personal development. One of the things that sticks with me is using powerless words, you know, mm-hmm. words like, but, and we've heard a lot lately, it's the yes. And 
yes, and let's consider what this might be. You know, using words like just, it's just X amount of dollars. Take out that powerless word, which is just, um, including the word think, you know, you think or you know, take out the word think because it's powerless. And so it's that mindset, subtle shift. But when you can acknowledge those and and start to catch your own language, your own self-talk, then it literally, you know, encapsulates. And I'm going to say, like, even creates new cells and, and it reframes the story in our bodies that says, oh, yes, and there is another opportunity. I love that. Uh, fun fact. I've always wanted fundraising education to include improv. <laughs> oh, I would love that. So, yeah. So I'm actually a mass communication undergrad with theater. And so I've got a little bit of thespian in me. So this improv right up my alley, Cindy. Oh, my goodness. I think it's one of the biggest things missing because it is such a skill set. And, and for those of you who don't know much about improv, improv is founded on this concept of yes and, and that you sort of commit it, that it's an act of commitment to the people you're engaging with to like buy into what they're saying and add to it. And to me, that even that idea of abundance is like we can be together and grow together. Uh, and that yes and act is is really powerful. Anyways, that's a whole other conversation. It is. But yeah. I you knew it. we were going to get into theater. Well, and I think also when it comes to negotiating our salary, negotiating our contracts, right? Negotiating our benefits. And that is something that we can also do for the up and coming leaders, you know, especially women, because we really tend to shrink down. We don't want to take up space. We've been taught this as a young girl. And so really looking at this abundance from a holistic approach, there is no ending to this, right? Like you don't achieve a certificate of excellence and your work is done. Again, for me, and my age and place in my career, I see it as my responsibility to hand this down, you know, and around, not to say it's only down and it's only one direction, but like share the wealth because it is abundant. Yeah. Oh, so, so powerful. I want to talk because abundance and philanthropy are very closely tied, right? And the idea that like sometimes to get more, you also have to give, uh, I guess, I don't know laws of attraction and whatever all the other stuff is, but I feel like that's kind of part of it. But this idea that as working in this sector, we're not that, that we give and take. Right. And so we've talked about, and you mentioned, you know, modeling philanthropy within your own life, uh, offline, you mentioned that I'd love to talk a little bit about that idea of abundance also means sharing and investing and role modeling that. And what does that mean for you? You know, I had to take a deep breath because also, yes, and the chills, because for me personally, again, another, you know, big, big story for me, when I start to feel scarcity in my own life, in my own checking account, First of all, I remind myself that money is energy, right? It's mm. intended to come and go, and it's intended to have this natural flow. So also for me, when I start to feel that scarcity and the lack of abundance, when that mindset hits in, 
That's when I shift as soon as I recognize it and I give, right? It could be a donation. It could be money. It could be in-kind. It could be time. Again, that time, talent, and treasure. So how could you give from the abundance in your own life to switch that mindset? And one thing that I love to do, and you know, it doesn't have to be a very expensive act of abundance, but I like to go on to an underprivileged uh, school here in my community. I look at their Amazon wish list. I find something that the classroom or their school wants or needs, and I send it to them, typically anonymously. But for me, it shifts the own like mm-hmm. nuclear energy of my body. Again, that money is energy and When I start to feel it for myself, I do something, some small act. And again, it doesn't have to cost money. This could be of your time. Um, And so for all of you, you know, for me, philanthropy and, and an act of philanthropy is not a certain dollar amount. The definition is truly the act of giving. And it doesn't say how much that is. Mm, I love that. I want to circle back to all of this as like, role models in the sector. So obviously our listeners are listening from various stages in their careers, but I want to, I want to talk about how we can show up. So whether we're, I'm going to call us mid-career. I think that's fair. Yeah. We're like half, half. Yeah. Mid-career, late career, early career. Like what are some ways that we can intentionally show up so that we are role modeling these mindsets, really mindsets. And obviously that, that results in behavior, but, but we have to role model the mindset. How are some ways we can do that for other people? Yeah. The yes. And is really good. You know, having that in your conversations, if you're leading a team or you're facilitating these conversations at a board level or executive level, any level, truthfully, you know, having that improv yes. And attitude is, is really important. One of the questions I like to ask is if money wasn't an issue, Mm. what would you ask for? What would you want, need, what would help your life, your job, uh, you know, in a better, enhanced fashion. So if money wasn't an issue, what would you ask for? And that I believe starts the expansion of the mind and the thoughts to say, oh, well, I would really love, you know, a vehicle to help us transfer the equipment. Um, And it's like, okay, great. Well, what does this vehicle look like? And really getting someone uh, to to visualize what this looks like. I actually used to be a, uh, a very avid soccer player. And when I coached young girls, they were 10, 11, 12 years old. Before the game, Cindy, I would have us sit down and essentially meditate, but it was a visualization process. Put yourself in your role on the soccer field. What are you doing? What do you see yourself achieving? What does success look like? You know, go through the entire game and those highlight reels for yourself in your mind. And we did that briefly, briefly before every game. And then I asked all the girls to share what their goal is for their game, right? Mm. Like just their own personal goal. And in soccer, the ultimate goal is to have the, you know, highest number of balls in the goal. (laughs) And so literally what I would say is we're going to share what that success looks like for each individual person. And I want you to listen because when Cindy shares what her goal is, 
Jared, I want you to listen to see if you can help her achieve that, right? Mm. Can you help Cindy achieve what she just shared? That in and of itself costs nothing, right? It's it's simply going to that visualization, you know, imagining what the abundance mindset looks like. Yes, I love that. And for our organizations and ourselves. Yes. I, one of the things that has been really important to me over the last few years is that I see those working with me and around me as whole human beings and that I don't just ask about their professional goals or things like that, but what are their personal ones as well? And how can we support those? Wholeheartedly. And yeah. when I coach, I, I tell I tell the employer, I tell the employee, I'm coaching the person not the position, right? And so that holistic approach that we are a person first and foremost, right? And this is what what we do and how we spend our time. So absolutely, if, you know, I, I love that because if someone's goal is personal, you know, to run a marathon or to, you know, triathlon, whatever their goal is, hike, you know, Kilimanjaro, great. How can we support you in that effort? One of the consultants who works with us, she, one of her goals was to buy a new house and move her family. I think it had been a goal for a while, but it's happening now. And she said, literally this morning, uh, as of the time of recording, this will air long after, but she said uh, she was up half the night because they're looking at a house today or tomorrow. And she was almost like pinching herself that this was like reality. And I was like, sometimes, but sometimes those like things that we dream of feel so far away for so long that we get really nervous when they start to be more real. And again, I feel like that, that comes back to the mindset with our sector. We're told like, we're only ever going to make this much money as professionals in our sector. And like, all of a sudden that's shifting for her. And I just, I'm so happy. I love watching it, but again, it's not just our professional goals. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. And that that's so true because how often have we heard, well, you don't go to the nonprofit Mm -hmm. sector to make a lot of money, you know, like you can make three, four times, maybe now in today's climate workforce, even more than that in the corporate sector or the for-profit sector, why? Right. Yeah. Like, and also why even say that? What's the point of saying that? And you know what? I'm totally guilty of saying that. And so, <laughs> right. Like, and this is, I think this is a great way to wrap up the conversation, which is like, we've heard it so often that we start repeating it too. And I think for, for everyone today and, and for myself as well, I think it's just being mindful of how we're repeating those messages over and over again, and just trying to shift it a little bit so that we're creating that space for our sector to thrive. Yeah. Well, and and you're right. And we could, I know we're wrapping up and there's this whole neuroscience conversation that you shared on the show, but it's like, you know, once we keep repeating what we've heard, you know, from generations and leaders to leaders, we're creating learned behavior and we're creating those synapses in our body and our muscle memory and our mindset that says, if this, then that, if this, then that, and we need to stop. And it really comes back to and, and, and there's a great way to, to practice this. The next time you go out to eat at a restaurant, do not allow yourself to look at the, the dollar amount, right? Yeah. And just say, 
what is it that I desire today? I, or I'm going to take away that powerless word because I said just. What is it that I desire today, right? And not focus on that dollar amount of, am I worth it? Because yeah. you are. Yeah. And that it doesn't always have to be the serious things. One of the, my commitments for myself and my family this year uh, is like all the fun things, I'm doubling down. Like we got tickets to a concert. I was like, we're getting like 100 level. I'm like, I don't care. This is, this is worth it. This is what we need is celebration and lightness and joy. And I can absolutely not only can afford that, but that is where we should be investing right now for me personally. So I, could not agree more. I, I love that. I love that example and that exercise. And uh, it's so, it's so good. And, you know, and it's never done, you know, it's we never still done. have more work yeah. to do. All yeah. of us have more work to do. But I love that as we work on ourselves, as a byproduct of that, we're uplifting and doing the work for the next generation. Collectively lifting in community. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And that's, that's our role, but it's also like, it's fun. I find myself having a, you know, a really playful time doing that. And, and I love hearing from, you know, from younger leaders, younger by way of literally age, you know, like, how can I support you? How can I be of service to you and your career and your journey and your experience in the sector? And to me, it's not just staff, it's board members, it's volunteers in our sector, because I really want everyone to have a really positive experience being of service. I love that. That is such a beautiful way to end. Thank you so much, Jarrett, nonprofit nerd, for being on the podcast. Where can our listeners connect with you? Thank you so much. It's been a joy. So you can find me online if you look up the Raven Group. Again, Raven, R-A-Y-V-A-N, group.com. That's my consulting practice. Very active on LinkedIn. I'm probably the only female Jarrett Ransom on LinkedIn. And then I'm also on Instagram, nonprofit underscore nerd. Would love to nerd out with all of you um, and have really, really juicy conversations like this one, Cindy. Thank you. Thank you. And please also check out Jarrett's uh, co-host of the show, The Nonprofit Show, which as I said, like, is it three, three days a week or five days a week? Five days a week. Five days. It just blows my mind. Five days a week. Amazing guests and content. I say unbiasedly, but I highly recommend tuning in either live because it is recorded live or you can catch the replays on like all the video players online. So check that out. And of course, to you, our listeners, Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for all that you do. Uh, You are wonderful and well-deserving of all great things. So we'll see you next week. Well, folks, that's it for today's episode of The Small Nonprofit. I'm your host, Cindy Wagman, and this show is brought to you by The Good Partnership. As a reminder, if you want more resources around raising more money for your small nonprofit, visit thegoodpartnership.com and download our free fundraising strategy guide. I'll see you next week.